Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt guess, guess, it's, guess. It's, okay. It's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Howdy, howdy. What's going on, Greg? Oh, well, you know, just another wonderful night of not seeing any bucks. How about you? <laughs> I haven't seen any bucks either. <laughs> not tonight. No, and, not and when here. you're at work and uh, I'm out. Podcasting and all that jazz. Um, hey everybody, welcome to the, the Where to Hunt podcast. The podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. A.K.A. the OKS podcast in the Midwest. And we're coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. At least I am and Greg is calling in tonight because he was in the deer woods. And uh, head on over to OKSHunter.com. Use code WHERE or W2H podcast for 10% off. Yeah, that's it. W2H podcast. <laughs> get one of these sweet hats i don't know it's a freaking curse maybe don't do it don't buy anything you'll be cursed like me what do you think maybe like me yeah like both of uh, us i don't know i mean you got two does i don't want to hear your garbage I think, talk i think i did my part in putting you on the x where you needed to be it's just a bad case of events occurred yeah, it just didn't go. And then a wind, and then uh, you, I don't know. You yeah. have to see you. You put eyes on a good one, anyway. I put eyes on one of the better ones I think I've ever seen, and I, I keep saying that oh, it's the biggest book I've seen in public land because it just keeps getting bigger. Like the one I saw on the river was huge. The one I saw um, out with you the other night was even bigger. You know, which just makes it that much more like ridiculous. So. <laughs> Um, you know, obviously oh. we're doing something right to get eyes on bucks like that and to get into their bedding area. That's not easy, you know, so I, I don't, I don't, I think we're being kind of hard on ourselves to a degree. Um, but you know, whatever, man, let's, um, before we get too deep into what the hell's going on, let's make sure we, uh, show some love to the people that are showing us some love. Um, we got to do that. Yeah, we do. You know, I'm not going to do the bumpers. I'm just going to talk about it. So, you know, I did get a different pair of boots. Um, but now that it's hot out again, I switched back to my gum leaves. I only got a different pair because I wanted something warm for the cold temps that has some extra insulation. Um, the gum leaf field wellies and the gum leaf royal zips are the go-tos for early season, specifically the field wellies. There's no insulation. And then the royal zips have, uh, some neoprene in there. So they're a little bit thicker. Um, that's what I've been rocking. So, you know, if you're not familiar, head on over to gumleafusa.com. Um, you can use promo code. What's it for theirs? What do I got? Is it on here? Oh gosh. W2H 2020 for 10% off. You're fine. 
found it. I found it. It's okay. I found my paper. <laughs> you found your little child's notebook. Uh huh. And then um, Backwoods Grind. Head on over backwoodsgrind.com. I did have some of their coffee before recording tonight, so I'm extra energized. And um, their coffee is good, man. It's strong. It's got good flavor. The aroma is just incredible. It'll it'll smell up your whole house in the best way possible. And you can try sampler pack, figure what it is that you like, whatever blend you prefer. I know you and I have the the um, camp house blend, but the fireside is good too. And, and they have a decaf if you're into like nightcaps without caffeine because you just like coffee that much. Not me. Right. I got to have that caffeine. But you can use code W2H podcast yeah. for 10% off. What do you think of that? And then, um, you know, sorry, I'm actually like a little distracted here. So I wanted to call out our newest sponsor, um, as I'm trying to type here like an idiot, Spartan Forge. If, so Spartan Forge was actually one of our guests on our show. When do we have Bill on? Like a month or two ago? Yeah, it was about a month ago. A month ago? Um, yep. So... What they are, what Spartan Forge is, for those that aren't aware, and you can go back and listen, I think it's episode 148. Um, I think that's the episode. They've created a machine learning, artificial intelligence, deer modeling um, platform or app that predicts when a deer will be on hoof. And it's taken uh, millions of data points to build this by getting information over the last five years from collared deer tracking data from colleges around the U.S. and some in Canada. And they pit that model against uh, collision data, weather data, moon phase data, and terrain data to help predict when you're going to potentially see the most activity from the average deer. Um, so that's what it is. And you can check it out right now. They're in beta, so it's not... Um, like totally live yet, but if you're interested in learning more, you can go to spartanforge.ai and you can learn more. And for those watching, I'll just do a quick um, screen share. And I know that's not going to do anybody any good for like the, um, I guess I'm not going to do that because it's not working. <laughs> so my screen share isn't working. But anyway, go to spartanforge.ai. You can click on support and you can, uh, if you want to be a beta tester and check it out, see what it looks like. It's pretty neat. So be sure to check that out. And then before you get on to Vector, uh, I do want to call out Fleet Farm. If you're in the Midwest near a Fleet Farm location, you can go to Google and see what they're running for like the the ads, the weekly ads in your neck of the woods. Um, I was there the other day and got a rangefinder. Then I went back again the <laughs> another day and I got some boots and a bunch of hand warmers. So I'll be back again for their Blaze Orange or their Orange Friday, which will be on November 20th, the day before the gun opener here in Wisconsin. So I'm excited for that. Anyway. And don't forget snacks. Lots of snacks. I did get a fill up on snacks. That's actually what I did. And, you know, as you're going to do the uh, Vector custom shop call, out, I'm going to go up and pour our official drink of the podcast, our drop time spirits. And this is the 12 point bourbon, which I was hoping we could drink in celebration of shooting a buck the other night. It just didn't happen. So drink because it's the podcast you almost had your chance and you blew it you blew it i didn't blow it no you didn't (laughs) so i was able to at least you know give a 
give one of my vector custom shop arrows a flight and it found its target no problem but uh if you're looking for a set of custom built to your spec arrows check out vectorcustomshop.com um, you can order a test pack of two different arrows you can play with the two different spines different weights in the front of them the rock and the ethics and insert system um, they'll fletch them up for you send them out and you give them a test flight to see what flies best for you and then you can order a half dozen or a dozen and when you go to checkout use code where to hunt to save you 10 percent off Thanks, Craig. Appreciate that, buddy. Good job. Nailed it. Yeah. All right, before we go ahead and get into like the full episode and our topic of discussion about our season updates and everything we have going on, let's go ahead and get into W2H Rut Club Radio. <laughs> All right, Ruck Club Radio is brought to you by Heated Hunts. Head on over to heatedhunts.com, enter in code where the number two, the word hunt, and you can save yourself 10%. They make scent dispensers that are heated up by battery power. You hang it on a tree branch or a scrape, and uh, that scent is going to travel further because it's hot. And when it gets cold out after we're done with this warm front that's coming through the Midwest, it won't freeze on you. Uh, be sure to check those guys out. They have a bunch of like synthetic scents and also a scent drag uh, system too. So uh, be sure to head on over to heathunts.com and uh, see what they got going on. Let's get into our call for this week. Uh, it's Jose. Oh, what's up, Jose? Sorry, bud. Oh, that's all right. Just getting supper ready here. Nice. So you missed one, huh? Yep. yep. So they were they were talking. So the deer, the field that I'm hunting, the deer, 90% of the time come from the west and work up this cornfield and then keep going west or keep going east um, to another field. And they were talking that the wind was supposed to be out of the northeast. Okay. So northeast and then kind of switch to the east right, you know, right at dark. So if I would have sat in that stand, I'm like, they, they, you know, they'd probably get, they'd get my wind before I'd even have a shot. So... I'm like, I'll sit across the field in this little cedar thicket, um, and it, it worked out perfect. Um, for the wind, well, the deer came from the northeast and worked their way west like they never do. So I would have had a shot at that buck all day long if I would have sat in my stand, but I guess that's how it goes. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he come out with three does and then another oh, 145-inch nine. Um, they were under my stand for, I filmed it all. They were under my stand for, man, 20 minutes at least, anywhere from 10 to 25, 30 yards from my stand um, for quite a while. And then they kind of milled around in the cornfield and the does kind of started making their way towards me. Um, and that nine pointer started following them. And then he kind of veered off and went down the hill. And that big 11 that I shot at, he slowly made his way to me by the time he got to me um like i said it was right at last slide and i tried range range finding a doe that was kind of had kind of walked by me and it was down the hill a little bit and i just couldn't see how far she was so when the buck come in um i was on my knees up on this bank right above the cedars and he had no idea i was even there so i stopped him and as i stood up i drew back 
settled my pin, and I guessed him at 25, and I shot right under him. So he must have been, you know, 30, 35. Damn. But, Son of a yeah, bitch. You know, the was, ranging a deer is, like, you, a, you try to range as many things as you can, but it's like, you know, you can only predict so much what direction they're going to come from or how fast they're going to come and how much time you have to prepare. And, oh, boy, right. there's just I, there's I, a lot I, of variables. I, I can't believe that that ground sit, that that ground sit worked the way it did. That's cool. Uh, when, I, when I started making the little... I started cutting branches off these cedar trees and kind of putting them in front of me to kind of just break me up a little bit. Um, I never would have thought that them deer would have walked by at 30, 35 yards like they did. Um, I mean, it worked out good, but not so good on my part because I missed. So yeah, yeah, that's where the the meme "You blew it" from from you know Adam Sandler and yep. Billy Madison comes into play. Oh God! At least that's what I said to myself when I messed is- mine up. The good thing is that buck showed back up on that field on my camera two days later, two af- two afternoons later. So he wasn't too spooked. So He's it like, didn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't too spooked because after I shot, I thought I might have hit him. Um, but he ran down to the bottom of the hill about 100, 150 yards and stopped. I could just see a silhouette. And I'm like, man, maybe he's going to go down. And then he turned around and kind of walked across this lane into another cornfield. And then he started feeding. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I hit him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I got to fill this hole in my stomach. Yeah, no. Yep. That's too bad. Yeah, the one I shot so, missed, I, I thought maybe I had hit it and saw it run all the way off. I'm watching, watching. I'm like, he didn't act hit, you know, and I found my arrow and there's just dirt on it. Nothing. You know, it's pretty obvious. I just straight missed. I went over yep. the back. So who knows what the hell happened? Because I was sighted for 20. He was at 20 and I don't know what the hell I did. <laughs> yeah it's the way it goes i had i've had a pretty slow season but i also haven't hunted this year as much as i normally do um been busy with work and um we got another my wife's gonna get induced with our second kid on the 12th of next week all right so my my season's been pretty slow with her being pregnant and taking care of our other kid and but well congratulations if we don't it, hear from it, anybody back by then to- but that's cool. What's that? I say congratulations if we don't hear from you by, by then. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We're excited. Yeah. Um, so it's, it warmed up a lot here in Iowa um, this week. It was 73 today. Um, it's supposed to be like that clear till Sunday. And then from Sunday to Monday, it's supposed to be like a 30-degree drop. Yeah. We got something so, similar happening here. We're I'm not too supposed- far from each other. Yep. I'm supposed to have, I, I've taken Friday off work to hunt all day, but I don't know what I'm going to do since it's supposed to be 73. I think I might try switching it and taking off Monday instead since it's supposed to be a 30 degree drop. So, right. But there's some big deer getting shot here in Iowa. There's a buddy of mine's had a, a monster this morning with his bow. So that's but. cool. Yeah, dude, it's, it's happening. People are making it happen. I mean, the, the opportunities weren't, yep. weren't too far to reach for me. I just, uh, you know, wasn't close enough in some of the cases, so. Right. Well, thanks for calling in, dude, and enjoy your dinner tonight. Yeah, no problem. Yep, me too, and uh, I'll keep watching your, your uh, live here. Sounds good. All right, bye. Let's talk about kind of how the season's going so far. Well, uh, so far, I've managed to put two does in the freezer, one opening day, one last Friday. Uh, have not put eyes on a buck yet while on tree stand, which is really sad. 
I'm feeling like an OKS hunter, if you will, just like I'm basically a meat hunter, which end of the day I'm fine with, you know, I get to feed my family and enjoy some awesome venison. I guess I can't really complain, but it would be nice to shoot a buck. It's been too long for me. It's been, what about uh, you? Well, I mean, it's been nice to get eyes on shooters. That's been really cool, but, um, you know, not much. Not much in the dough department for me, oddly enough. Um, oh, we do have a caller, actually. They just popped right in. Let's bring him in. Let's hear what everyone else has to say. I think you can hear the caller. Hey, Joel, you're live on the Word on Podcast. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Greg, can you hear Joel? I can. And Joel, you can hear Greg? Yeah. Okay, well then. I can hear you all. <laughs> I guess it's just a live broadcast. That's a problem. So that's fine. What's uh, what's going on, Joel? How are you doing? you seeing stuff? Oh, I'm seeing deer. I just don't get a chance to hunt them. So I did get lucky and get a little, a little buck on uh, last Monday. I forgot to tell you about that. Freaking piece of crap. You got a buck and you didn't tell me? As a little guy, yeah. I couldn't resist it. It was. I know it was just a four-pointer, but it was a good body on it. And, you know, to be honest with you, I actually had a, a six-pointer in sight at about 15 yards. I snuck up on him down on a riverbed. And... I had a little four-pointer come shoot across and stop seven yards in front of me, broadside shot. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to pass it up. I'm taking it. You know, it, it's meat. It's, it's a sure thing. Yeah. Delicious looking. It's, like, it's a two, three-year-old deer. It's perfect meat. So I'm like, it, it's going. I kind of regret it after I shot it, though, because it was a, about a mile or two hike up the river dragging it. So. <laughs> oh, boy. You could have called for help, man. I would have come and helped you drag it out. What what night was that? Oh, that was uh, Monday. Almost actually, it was during the day. So hopefully, nobody from work is listening. But I was on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone from your work might listen. I don't know. They, they know about it. They know about That's it. That's funny, now, dude. That <laughs> was Monday. Yeah, that was Monday. So, no doubt. All right. Yeah, I was up uh, late last night finishing uh, grinding up the rest of the meat and making uh, a bunch of ground. So, rock on. You butcher it. You butchered it yourself, eh? No, actually, uh, I took it to a guy, but instead of having him butcher it and like grind everything up, I just had him just do the main cuts and everything. I just honestly didn't have the time to actually do it, so I had him go ahead and uh, cut everything up. And it just gave me all the trims and everything, and that way I can cut off the fat and make it a real lean, lean ground, you know. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. Well, you're gonna have to share some venison on the way to deer camp, or bring some with you, so we can cook up some good food. And I know, Greg, you got two does. We'll talk about your doe kill uh, in a little bit too. I mean, between the two, of you guys, you got plenty of meat. That sounded weird. That's <laughs> what she said. <laughs> Sorry. It sounded real weird. Sorry about that. <laughs> and it just got weird. <laughs> Classic. <sighs> quickly. Well, for those that don't know, Joel, you and I took a canoe up uh, river in a snowy night. And that was really fun. It was quite the adventure. Uh, we got eyes on a couple deer, three to be exact, and one nice one. Um, but we, we didn't uh, yeah. have any success on it other than that. Yeah, I was actually going to talk to you about that. I'm thinking about taking that uh, that same route that we did, but instead of coming from the south, coming from the north. Uh, I talked to a buddy of mine. He says that that area was not accessible from the north. I guess a lot of people were 
the landowners nearby were cutting down trees and letting them fall in the river just to keep the hunters out of that area. Oh my God. Which is, to me, it's pretty much unethical and just, just straight up mean, but this other guy doesn't realize that I'll wear waders and take a kayak and I'll go through anything to get to where I need to go. So <laughs> I didn't realize you could access yeah, that. That's cool. Okay. Fun adventure for us. Mm-hmm. We do like adventures. Greg and I have been on lots of adventures lately. Ain't that right, Greg? <laughs> That's right. <sighs> it is an adventure. I think Greg's learned to not follow me down any path. good stuff well joe dude thanks for calling in tonight man we're gonna be together in a couple weeks for deer camp for the gun opener so that'll be fun that's what two three weeks away three weeks away two weeks what is it three weeks oh wow coming up quick right on the 20th it's it's not far away oh boy i'll talk to you offline we'll have to set up a a day to go sight in just to double check our rifle yeah i haven't done that yet I just want to keep bow hunting, yeah. so I don't know. Like, we'll see what I can get away with here. I think it, I think everyone's kind of on that same boat. <laughs> I mean, you know, with the weather, it's been kind of curious. You know, it's going to be hot this week, so if the temperature's going to drop next Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or something like that, uh, dramatically. And so, yep. if, you know, if you can get time off, if you can get time off, then that might be a good time to get the hell out uh, if you can be flexible with your PTO. drop and i think even like we should have been getting in there early in the morning too i think that was the other problem so i was i wasn't real keen on going to some of these spots in the morning just because of the access and uh, we'd basically be kicking those deer back into their bed as we're coming in so access was kind of tough for this piece yeah you were driving past the deer on the way in basically throwing them right back in there just would be kind of truck kind of tough right. they'd, they'd be like, what the hell's going on over there, you know? Um, but morning sits have been, some people have been having a lot of luck with morning sits, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, the buck I saw this morning when I was voting, he was out in the morning. You know, that was uh, 7.15, 7.30, somewhere in there this morning. Saw that guy cruising a, a transition line uh, right above a swamp and making his way to, I can only assume, to go bed down on an oak flat. So Yeah, someplace where he had plenty of security. Yep. So it's one of those things, yeah. If I, you know, if you could be set up in the morning before the sun comes up and get them on their way back in, it's not a bad, it's not a bad idea at all. All right, this is a good time to get into the shot of the week. All right, the shot of the week is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Head on over to vectorcustomshop.com. And uh, take a look around. Look, these guys build arrows that are built to your specifications. So depending on your draw length, draw weight, um, game animal of choice, whatever it is you're hunting, whether you're hunting from the ground or elevated from a stand or a saddle, whatever you're doing, you let these guys know. You input, you input all of that on their website, and they will build an arrow to your specifications. Uh, it's outfitted with an ethics insert-outsert system. And the spine, again, is really predicated on how it is you're hunting, what your setup looks like. And then they will deliver those arrows right to your doorstep. Uh, So you can kind of skip the archery shop to a degree, although you're going to want to go and practice. And uh, they're going to set you up with two arrows as a test pack. So you can dial that in first before you pull the trigger on 
uh, half a dozen or a dozen arrows. So if you want to save some money on their gear, be sure to do that and use code where the number two, the word hunt, it's going to get you 10% off. It's going to help them track their marketing. So they know that you heard about us from here on the word hunt podcast. So let's get into our shot of the week this week. Well, uh, I want to say it was probably 20 minutes to close. And I, I heard quite a bit of commotion in the thicket and I saw a doe move through and stop and you know they stop and they just kind of disappear because they don't move or they moved off behind another shadow somewhere it was you know it's golden hour so behind me i heard all that ragweed cane stuff just cracking and crashing and here there was a buck maybe two in there i couldn't tell i just saw the flash of one body it was pretty good sized body and this was behind me so all this noise is happening I turn on and I'm watching them and all of a sudden I hear noise from where I was looking again and I looked and here here's the doe out in the grass and I could just see her 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 fur shining you know as the sun's going down you can see that reflection off of her fur and yep that's definitely a doe it's coming right towards me and coming pretty quick then it hit the opening and it stopped looked around and I let it close another I don't know, five or six steps. I think it was about 18 yards. Came full draw and I squeezed off on the release. I hit her just a tad back from where I wanted to hit her. I should have pulled maybe ahead just a little bit, but she might have moved a little bit. Not alert at all. You know, watched the arrow disappear and uh, could definitely tell it was a pass through. She wheeled around, popped about six times and stopped definitely hurting and just kind of looked around and then took another couple steps and stopped again and took another three or four steps and stopped again and then decided to lay down well a few minutes rolled by i think i messaged you i just shot one it got up and looked around and sidestepped and fell over and then that was it. It was quiet. So got down. I think I chatted with my wife, chatted with you, and then uh, our friend David. And we went in and got it. It was pretty, pretty nice. Nice pass through shot. Yeah, the moon was shining went. bright. It was, it was pretty cool, man. Honestly, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I think the deer went forty yards from where I shot it and where it died. You know, so it wasn't uh, wasn't a hard track job. It was laying right there for us. So yeah, right in the opening, right in the grass. Blood. Like it wasn't. We we didn't like truck through any garbage. We didn't have to break through all that bramble, no. or whatever that shit was. It was pretty pretty straightforward, man. You gutted it quick, clean gut job. You did mm-hmm. you did get some intestine, uh, just to fuck with me. I think <clears throat> I might have. No, but it was good, man. It was it was just to make. <laughs> enough to make me hungry <laughs> i haven't yeah. got a deer in a while it's no, been a I while for me yeah, i don't know how many deer i've got it in my life it's quite a few i had a hot streak dude for what? for like before i met you um i think i was like five or six years consecutive you know a couple deer you know in some cases even on like one hunt i think 
uh, on one day I shot a doe and a buck or something like that. Like it was, you know, I was like, rake. I was just living in the venison, man. And now I'm on a dry spell. So ebbs and flows, I guess not for lack of opportunity. Yeah. It'll pick up. Right. It'll pick up. You know, I, I may not see a buck until winter for all I know. You know, that second rut kicks in in December or maybe I'll get it even later than that. I might get into January before I, I get a chance at a buck. I don't know. Oh, my confidence isn't real high and I got plenty of nice deer on camera, but I have yet to see them on the hoof. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad. Yeah. Well, you've been too busy putting me in all those good spots. So you're, you're burning them out on, on me. Well, I'm hoping that you get one. Levi said, are you, you saying you Greg is bad luck? Levi asked if you were bad luck. I think I'm bad luck for you and you're bad for me. <laughs> we're like a match made in hell. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, last night I could have shot another doe. Tonight I had five does. I had the doe train come, you know, trucking right into the the piece of timber that I was on the edge of. You know, it was a nice transition area into some real thick, nasty red brush and all sorts of other stuff, and then it was out into the swamp. So the does came through, and I saw no bucks. So I've had plenty of opportunities to, to shoot does this year. And yeah, you've taken I've a couple. Taken advantage of it. Yep, yep. I want some meat though. Like, don't don't get it mistaken. Like, I'll. I was going to shoot a six pointer the other night if you would have given me a, a better chance. Um, you know, I just. The, yeah, there's just so many variables with bow hunting, man. And and now that I missed that one shot, I actually I I'm like overthinking it a little bit. Like, I'm pretty nervous about like ranging it correctly, even though I was ranged correctly on the on the one that I missed. Now that we've come to learn, so now I'm like, well, now I've lost mm-hmm. confidence in my shot, and I've had more confidence in my shot than I've ever had before with our setup with vector and HHA and all the practice and the shooting and sort of missed. It's a little like perplexing, you know, I, I just don't know still what the hell happened. Um, and so that's actually taken a blow to my confidence too, man. Yeah. So. I think one, you got to get used to shooting that deer from an elevated position and it's different. And I've, I've done it too. I mean, I remember, when I first kind of got back into bow hunting and I had a killer piece of property to hunt, I had my opportunity at a really awesome buck. And I, just because of the, the height I was at, I shot right over his back. I, I looked at it and said, oh, that deer's, you know, that deer's 30 yards out. So I'm using the wrong pin, of course using the right pin for 30, but wrong for the actual distance was before I even had a range finder. So, you know, buck comes in, lowers his head to chase a doe out and, you know, hit the release. And I watched the arrow sail over his back shoulders or over his front shoulders. And he ducked so hard that he fell on his face, got back up and continued to chase the doe. Holy crap. We heard my bullet. Yeah, he heard my bow go off and fell down on the ground and got back up. He basically did a tuck and roll and got back up and proceeded to chase the door around. Tuck and roll. And then wow. the same day, I had a, had that same buck come back through in the evening. And this time he was like 35 yards out. And I looked at it and said, yeah, he's about 30, 35 yards out. Put the pin high on the shoulder, squeeze the release, and guess where the arrow goes? Right at his feet. 
it, you know, it landed, it shorted him big time. So you've so, learned the hard way already. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I screwed up my chances at a nice buck early on. So and what's then, your takeaway from that kind of stuff? So what did you, yeah, what have you done to, to fix that? Well, the takeaway was, is I need to learn, learn to range, range better, you know? So I got down out of the tree and paced it off the old school way. And it was like, this is like 36 steps, you know? So then I'm like, my wife's like, why don't we just get you a range finder? You know, it's, it's going to be your birthday or oh, I never got you a birthday present. Let's just get you a range finder. So we went to, I think it was Cabela's and got a, got a range finder. And then I was like, you know, I'm ranging stuff. It's like, shit, that buck was actually at like 17 yards. And I shot over his shoulders the first time. And when he was out further, it was like, you know, 35 yards. Because that, that range finder has a built-in angle figure. Yeah, that's the one, the one I got that has that too. It's nice. The yep, the angle trajectory and all that stuff. So I was like, man... If I'd have had this a while ago, I would have, you know, it would have been a lot better off. So range finders save your butt, you know, and now we go out into the woods, I find different trails that they could possibly come in at range, and range, range. hit a few, you know, range. Yeah. You know, range this tree, that tree, bushes over here. What whatever. I did yesterday when we were out, um, is cause that was a different spot for me, but similar, like I looked at all the possible trails but I built a circumference around me. I, I eyed up everything, you know, and I, I started to kind of yep. set my mark. Okay, this is this is my maximum. Here's 40 yards. And then I worked in, okay, what's the next circumference that I can build and find the points that are like 25 and then 20. And so I kind of worked my way in from a circle around myself to figure out my anchors of 40, 30, 20, and then anything below 20, it's like, okay, you know, that's hopefully you know 15 or whatever, like easy. And, and that's Otherwise, I'd get too weird. I was starting to find myself getting kind of weird about, oh, no, which tree was this one at? What, oh, shit, what was that one at? Uh, I was trying to, like, keep it simple, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yep. So when the moment comes, yeah. I wasn't messing yeah. around because once you have your bow in your hand and your release attached, there ain't time to range anything. You're not going to fumble around with that. So, no. you know, you got to know. don't. You're certainly not going to range a deer. You need to range the you need to range the the objects where they might be coming from to give yourself that idea. Right. Yeah, I've never actually ranged a deer. It's always been just you know little waypoints. Yep. The tree with the white bark, the tree with no bark. You know, the tree with the whatever. <laughs> the wacky limb or the double, land. yeah, whatever. But, but then, but then what? A landmark. So I did, I did go in my backyard and I set up my, I set up my tree stand and I shot, you know, uh, 15 yards because that's just the, 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 what I had to work with in my yard because I'm surrounded by freaking neighbors. Um, and I practiced shooting out of the tree stand and ranged it because I went and bought a range finder the next day. I missed that buck because I thought for sure I was off. Um, when I found that I was actually on, it was more confusing. So that's actually, I'm still not happy about that. Um, but I, I got in the tree in the backyard and started lobbing arrows at the target. And I learned quickly that, you know, happy Gilmore bend at the hip. Right. So I don't mess right. up my anchor point. I don't mess up how everything's, how everything's going. Cause I think what I had done with the buck that I missed is I, I might've changed my anchor um, or something like that. You know, I'm not entirely positive just yet, but obviously the mechanics were off because the range was right. Yeah. Yeah. Something was off, but, 
know, it's too late to change it. So, well, it's not too late to change it. Now you know what you have to do the next time you have that opportunity. You got to bend at your hips, you know, keep your shoulders square. If that buck caught you off guard, it's easy to not even think about any of that stuff. You just kind of pull back and try to lock on and let it yeah, go. It's like, oh, I got my sight on yeah. Brown. We're good. To, this is exactly where I want to put it. Let it go. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> yep. So what I learned in shooting from the stand, which is awkward in my backyard, because if I were to like accidentally release an arrow, I'd go flying pretty damn far, um, was draw back, get your anchor set, and then lock that into place and then pivot your 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 chest or your waist how you need to. Um, versus when I was in the stand, I drew back sitting and then just, you know, adjusted everything else. So I totally did adjust my anchor point. You know, that I, I lost all my consistency there for sure. Right. Levi asked if we've ever used a thumb release. I haven't. I know. I think does does Jeff use a thumb release? Our buddy Jeff. Yeah. So that's a that's a different style. You know, we're using the, the wrist rocket instead of you know a thumb type or a back tension release. You're supposed to be a quite a bit more accurate with it. Um, it helps your mechanics. It's I look at it as it's easier to lose in the woods. And I don't know, it's more money to spend on stuff because, you know, we don't spend enough money the way it is, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, I'm, I'm used to the wrist thing. I've heard some people like letting the arrows go early on thumb releases where they didn't mean to, because you're supposed to like keep drawing back, kind of like a gun, like you're squeezing the trigger, not pulling it. Um, right. At least from a mechanics standpoint, that's what I've heard. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just speaking and regurgitating what I've heard others talk about. Yeah, you can have a a much better form with it. Um, I don't know. It, it's something to try. It's something you would definitely not want to try right now. I would say no, not do it. Season. Go buy one. No, to practice. Buy one this winter and start working with it. Yeah, Levi said that's what I've heard that it's better, but I don't think I want to spend the money. <laughs> Are they that expensive? What? what? Right. How expensive is a thumb release? Well, yeah, I mean, you could you uh, look up. Um, oh, there's a couple different brands. Trueball makes one. Um, Both thumb release. Let's see. 79, 110, 100, 100, 120, 200. Okay. Yeah, I see where this is going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of money to spend on something and would really hurt to lose, you know, if you're, or you leave it in your truck because it's not attached to your arm. We got some commentary coming through on that. Alex said he switched to a thumb this year and he loves it, but he can't go back to wrist now because he's tried. It's too different. Um, he said, yeah, you can lose a lot easier. He did. <laughs> he did on some public land. Uh, luckily, Cabell's had two of the style lock that he had on the shelf for 110 bucks. And then Reinhardt, uh said you don't touch it till you're going to shoot but they are 200 bucks so yeah good to go thanks fellas yep yeah and it's probably like anything else that reinhardt just said it's like practice you just got to practice with it i'm sure and then i'm sure once you get used to that yeah you know then then now you're stuck to that yeah, getting, right you got to get proficient with your equipment just like or, you know the tree stand that i got and I, I let you use for the year Every time you go out with it, you're getting more proficient about how to set your sticks, 
how to set the stand, you know, what side of the tree you got to be on, how to set your straps, and then taking it down, you know, packeting it all back up, wrapping the sticks with the straps a certain way. You know, you get into a rhythm to use that system. Are you proud of how fast I can get You're in right now? <laughs> Compared to the beginning of the season. I'm like, how's this fucking guy already yeah, packed out? He's already dropped his gear off and come back to find me, and I'm still fucking around with stacking these sticks. Dude, I got it down now, quick. Yeah, but you got to remember, too, I've been hunting out of this stuff probably for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I, I hunt with for gun. That's how I hunt for bow. Even if I have a little piece of private, which I get permission on on occasion to, to go in and out of, my stuff comes with me all the time, so it's in and out. I don't leave anything. You know, I got two setups, and one's a backup or for somebody to use, and the other one's always with me. It's just, it's there, and I I use the heck out of it. Yeah, it's been nice to, to use that stuff. I'm, I'm excited to get into a saddle uh, for a number of reasons. I just don't like feeling like a turtle. <clears throat> right. It's a lot of extra, it is a lot of extra gear. You know, you got that stand probably weighs, oh, I think I weighed it 18 pounds. Yeah, it's and not terrible, but it's stick. also, then you throw your pack on, on the back of that and all the other stuff you're carrying, all the weight and clothes. And then, you know, when you're layering up like that, you're losing some mobility in general. You got your boots on your feet. Right. It's like. Man, what I used to love about bow hunting, because I, I hunted from the ground for a number of years, just because the stand setup that I have is is clunky and it's hard. Like you're not setting that thing up without using your teeth. Period. You know, it's like you got to be ratcheting on this ratchet strap thing. It's just a, it's it's not quiet. It's heavy. It's bulky. It's whatever. So then I just you know started hunting from the ground, and I got it done on the ground too with a bow, which is cool. But I loved the feeling like a ninja, so to speak. I loved being nimble and silent and quick and mobile, completely mobile. So for me, I'm I'm excited sure. to get into a saddle for next season, for sure. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to try. Um, I'm okay with hunting out of a stand. It's it's nice to have. It's I don't know. It's second nature for me. So. Yeah, it's no big deal. You're pretty. But the, the lone wolf that we got, the, the assault and the, what is it called? The assault and the assassin or something like that? The assault and the alpha. Alpha, that's what it was. Um, super easy to set up, I think. Like, very easy. Not not complicated at all. Not compared to the stuff I have. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff's been around, you know, since the, the early 90s. So it's not like it's a, it's a difficult system to use. It doesn't pack as nice as some of the new fandangled stuff, you know, like Lone Wolf Custom Gear stuff or even a saddle for that matter, you know. Portability, the saddle wins every time. It just takes some getting used to swinging your, yourself over the bridge to, to try and make a shot. Yeah, yeah. That's or to a, have to work. To practice. But, you know, practice. It's all it's going to take is practice and getting comfortable with it. Yep. And some people freak out about all, you know, ropes and carabiners and things like that. But it's actually a pretty nice, safe system, really, if you think about it. You're wearing your safety harness. You're not monkeying around. You know, look, I lost my lineman's belt, which also doubled as my my uh, my safety tether. 
lost that thing Friday night. No idea where it went unless it was sitting on the back of the truck and it fell off down the road and someone found it. But then I was scrambling around trying to make something, you know, so I, I made one out of rope. I don't think the rope is quite as strong as it needs to be, but it's better than not having anything at all. So I got some parts on order for building a, a good lineman belt. You know, got a rope man, a sender, rope man, one, a sender. I've got a couple of, uh, bigger, heavier duty carabiners to build it. Uh, just got to get some better rope and we'll be all set. Reminds me of uh, Boondock Saints. What do you need a rope for? <laughs> you need a rope. <laughs> you did good, man. You built that thing from scratch. I showed up and you're like, hey, look what I made. I'm like, what? You made all that? Yeah, it's not hard. Oh, okay. Just a couple of from you. Overhand knots on about a, I don't know, I think it was an eight foot piece of rope or a 10 foot piece of rope by the time I done, got done putting a couple knots in it and and uh, squaring it up and making it look pretty. And then you just put a Prusik knot on it and uh, went to the hard store and bought a, a just an old dog, I call it dog clip, but it's just a spring clip that's heavy enough to hold my big ass. And it's a lot safer than, uh, than nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or the or the cobble I did out of a couple of hooks and, and uh, one of my lone wolf straps that I had extra in my backpack. And of course, you know, you realize you're missing it once you get to the tree and you're up the tree and you go, all right, now we're going to strap in. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Or how we're going to do that. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because back in the day before like the, I don't, the safety system that I have on, you know, it's like putting on a jacket, right? And it links around your legs and around your chest right. and it's really easy to put on. It's not complicated at all. But back in the day, like I would strap this thing around my, under my armpits, you know, and around the tree and, you know, that was obviously deemed not safe at all compared to the modern tech we have these days um, that, you know, honestly, I'd probably take for granted because uh, that's actually doubles for you. That, well, you- that doubled as your tow rope for your dough the other night, you know? Yeah, it did. It was pretty handy to be able to hook that rope to, to the dough, wrap it around her neck, and just start tugging. Yeah, that's oh. cool. Yeah, it's and, and obviously it's a lot safer. And, you know, safety is a pretty big deal. Uh, You know, it's not lame. Safety. That's what's not lame. So. Well, yeah, and if you're, uh, if you're going out alone, you'll kind of owe it to your relatives and everybody else to wear your safety harness. Because if you do have something happen, at least you're going to be alive and not laying at the bottom of your tree with a broken back or a broken hip or a knee or whatever. Yeah, you're 20 feet up. There's no, it's no take, joke. It doesn't take much. You could be 10 feet up and totally wreck your and, shit. Yep. Certainly can. I text, I text, you know, um, you know, when it's my dad and I, you know, I text him, him in the tree or back in the day as a walkie talkie. But I text my wife every time in yep. the tree safely down from the tree safely. She gets a text from me two times a night when I'm hunting at least. Yep, I do the same. I have to. Last last time I was out, I sent her a drop pin. I'm like, here I am, by the way, just in case you need to know, you know. Yeah, and you and I share pins where we're going, where we're going to be, and I do the same with my wife. It's just the right thing. It's common courtesy. Because yep. if I don't, then I will be getting a message or a phone call. Yeah, because if she doesn't hear from me, right now reason. I've set the precedence. Like, hey, did something happen? Like, what's going on? Um, yep. So it's it's important to to tell someone. And we're 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 kind of bouncing all over the place with topics tonight, and that's fine. It's just 
we're in it right now. We're in the season. You and I have been out like close to a dozen times, if not more. Um, we've got eyes on, at least I've got eyes yeah. on some bucks. We've, we've tried to get in close to betting area. Like it's, it's a grind, dude. It's a freaking grind. And, and though I liked how you said Definitely. it. I took, I took your phrase chipping away at it, learning and applying, learning and applying, learning and applying. What's up, Bill? Go ahead to Greg. Sorry. I kept going. No, it's fine. Um, I feel like I've come up short on myself, though, by not going in far enough. We talked but about this the other night. You, you said something about looking through the window yeah, or whatever but, the saying was that you had. Yeah, I don't remember. We were parting ways and you're like, you know, all right, don't just stop at the window shopping or whatever the hell you said. I was like, what? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you did stop short the one night. You you were looking at all the window dressing. That's what I was going to say. Or a scrape and maybe a couple of rubs and you didn't quite push in far enough. Like you were close, but not quite. And then you did push in and then it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I sent you into that one spot and then you ended up seeing those two bucks. Yep. You know, it was just and a then, little, little bit off, you know, a little bit North, but yeah, that was one of those instances where like, if I would have pushed in more, I don't know that that would have been good. You know, I, then I would have been, no, th- this is the shit, there. man, that I like, how do you, how do you know? Like, one night I wasn't in enough. The other night it was actually pretty perfect. You know, really, I don't know that it could have gone much better given the circumstances. It could have gone better if I was a little bit south. But then you you have to learn from that right in that moment and go, okay. Then we planned our attack for the next day. Luckily, we had it off, and it just didn't work because it's public land and another freaking hunter showed up. How can you – you can't predict that. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. No, you can't predict that. You can't, can't help that, you know, it is public land. And maybe he wasn't as experienced to figure out that, well, there might be people out here. There might not. It was pretty far back. And, you know, he's moving right at prime time, which unfortunate for us, at least very unfortunate for you because it really screwed you up. Me, not so much. I had been one doe come right by. I could have shot. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't too thrilled. But then I tried to tell myself, I literally call myself the public land hunting enthusiast. So like, you know, I try to carry that with me and be positive. And the guy was super remorseful, felt terrible and was so grateful that it wasn't an asshole to him. So, you know, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's like, okay, you know, we're all out here trying to do the same thing. That's probably a whole topic in and of itself. Yeah. And that's all you can do is be courteous. I mean, yeah, we we could lose our cool with some of these guys, and you know, some of them rightfully so. Bird hunters. <laughs> some of the bird. <laughs> we got friends that are bird hunters. So watch it there. No, we we. But that's it, yeah. man. And, and who was I talking we, to the other made... day? I was talking to. Uh, oh yeah, I was talking to Seth uh, Porter, the the bearded nomad, on the way home the other night, and he's like. Oh yeah, no. I just had I just learned that there's a rabbit hunting that's about to open up, so that's going to change everything in my area because now there's dogs running around, just like we had to deal with the bird hunters. Now we know, like, we cannot hunt this area after this date, you know. So like, you need to be cognizant of all these yeah, other we, things happening on public land: duck hunters, goose hunters, yeah, we, squirrel hunters, we, right? We just check it off. Yep. Yeah, we check it off the list. And say, yep, we know that this spot's good up until this such time. And after that, it's not worth our, our effort to even come over here. So then we definitely have to push back. And that's, 
you know, we talk about stacking an area. We kind of stacked one area and then we quit on it. We moved off because it was going to, let's be honest, there's a lot of, lot of water between where we were kind of stacked to or where we stopped to where maybe we should be going. There's a lot of water. It's a long walk. It's a big pain in the ass. Yeah, maybe we could use a boat or we could use a canoe to get there. But you also have all the duck hunters in there. And that kind of, you got to worry about stuff walking off if well, that's the case. Yep. And then you, you got to think, well, these deer are getting I, pressured from both ends, you know? So where the, where the hell are they going? They're getting yeah. pressure from the water, hearing all those gunshots. They're getting pressure from fields with all the gunshots for pheasant hunters. they got the bull hunters in there. It's like... But these deer, that is their home. That's that's where they are because they keep showing up on trail cams. They're figuring it out. They have somewhere where they're nestled in real tight and they ain't moving. Maybe they've gone completely nocturnal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But this is the shit that keeps us hunters up yeah. at night. Literally, Sunday night, I, I was dreaming about this shit, dude. I think you did too. Yeah. I'm I trying to figure out what I wanted to do for, for mm-hmm. yesterday and... I thought, well, we should push push you in just a little bit further. Let's give you another crack at it. And I think it would have been good had we not, you know, made a new friend in there. Right. Uh, and maybe we got a new listener out of it. <laughs> maybe we did. You know. Did. <sighs> you never know. Yeah. It's interesting, man. You know, it's fun. It is fun. It, it's a good time of year to be out. And that's why it's like, all this practice and preparation, it, it all pays off because when you get that opportunity, you, you want to make sure you get it. And, and, you know, like I wouldn't be complaining if I would have already shot that buck, you know, but clearly right. I didn't practice enough out of a stand to have like mastered the mechanics of what I should have been doing. Otherwise I'd be a dead buck because it was, it, it should have been a layup, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty much a chip shot for you. No question. Uh but it is what it is. Move on, and you're just gonna try and take advantage of the next opportunity yep. you get on one, whatever that might be. If it's this year, you know, or two years. Got plenty of both season to go. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're good on that. We still got time to to get it done. And and you know, if we don't, guess what, dear? I'm bringing my boomstick into the woods, and it's game over. If I see you in 300 yards, you're freaking dead. <laughs> like, right. That's how I feel. That's how I really. Yeah, feel. you got that. Mm-hmm. And we got lake bow season too. Yep. I mean, with te- with the with the holiday hunt that really kind of jacks things up because the holiday hunt falls, I think, right in the area of that second rut where we could see a buck and not be able to shoot it, which really is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, so hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen. That that'd be just my luck. But uh, you know, this stuff starts to yeah. compound though. This is where like experience year over year, as you get to learn the land, the regulations, the what's in season, what's not. You've got more practice on your belt. You've got more confidence with your equipment. Whatever's going on, you start to, like, store all this data. This is why some of the guys that, like, keep, like, uh, a diary, I think it's actually kind of cool, where you can figure out what when were they moving, what was the wind, what was the temperature, where's the bedding, et cetera, et cetera. You start to pick out certain trees. You get to get really intimately familiar with this all of this data that you have, and you can really inform a good decision for the following season, you know? And then we can put some mm-hmm. springtime scouting on top of everything else that we've gained this season to confirm some things. Um, and can we are going to rip a couple of these properties a new one with scouting this upcoming late winter spring. Yep, for sure. Give myself. I got snowshoes, be... so we'll make it happen. 
Yeah, I also have a set, and they come in handy some years. Last year didn't need them. This year, who knows? Yep. It's fun, you know, I bring my dog out when I scout and stuff like that. It's fun to let him romp around, and, you know, at that point in time, no one cares what the hell's going on that time of year. Lay all the scent down you want. doesn't matter. Use the snow to your advantage. Find the highways. Yep. Find the historical data from last season's rub lines, and it's good. We covered a lot of ground yes, on this sir. episode, man. We're, we're, you know, we're just, we're just kind of reflecting on the season thus far. We're not done. Um, we're done with PTO, but that doesn't mean the week. The, my wife still's got my silver blessing for some weekend time, so we'll see what we'll see what I can get away with uh, as I pay attention to the weather. That'll be the most important factor, I think, right now. I think with these warmer days ahead, morning hunts will be probably a bit more productive than evening hunts. You know, once that cold front comes through, we're getting closer to that peak breeding time, which I think is like 13th, 15th, somewhere in there, November. Uh, we're going to be looking all day sits might even be worth it, but you can't do an all day sit. Take that morning or take the evening. Take whatever time you can get. And, and just go out and, and do what you can with it. That's all you can do. Yeah. And and peak breeding is different for different areas, but um, I do run, I am running uh, officially now as a, as a sponsor of the show, Spartan Forge. Um, you know, I'm looking at their app for our, or at least for the zip code that I live in. And it's saying November 6th and November 7th has got the highest predictability for high activity um, and an abnormal mm. pattern, meaning they're like off pattern because they're in rut. And peak breeding is predicted to be November 15th. Secondary peak breeding is December 13th. And rutting moon is October 31st, which we just had experienced, right? Um, to a degree. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, Spartan Forge, all about predictability using all this data. I mean, millions of data points from collared deer compared against many models. Um, go check those guys out. I don't mean to give them another plug, although I do because it's their debut as, as our newest uh, supporter and, and partner here. But, you know, so this, it's interesting because I'm looking at this now and I'm looking at them thinking Friday and Saturday, huh? Huh? What do we got, <laughs> what we got going on? High well, activity, higher than average. Well, that'll, that'll turn you into a high-tech deer hunting redneck using Spartan Forge, I think. Yeah. But, you know, and, and their model really is like looking at the average deer and, and going off of all this data. Um, but it does localize it. So it's kind of cool that, that it works like that. It's taking all the information from the deer that have been tracked over several years that were collared in your area. Um, and it's better than anything else out there. It's better than anything else out there. No one else has this technology. So it's good to just kind of get a sense of what that looks like. Well, folks, I suppose. I I, yeah. <laughs> We're just kind of like wallowing here in our, our, you haven't seen any bucks. Yeah, I, I haven't, I've, you know, it's just been an awkward season. We're trying so damn hard. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm trying hard enough at times. It's just like, I looks like I, I picked the easy spot or something, you know, cause I'm not getting, getting out of it when I need to get out of it. So something else is going to have to change here real soon. Well, hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. You know, be sourpusses about this whole thing, but uh, we're trying and we're having, we are having fun, believe it or not. Got to remind ourselves oh, yeah. that sometimes because it is a grind. Public land hunting is a grind. It's not easy, but hang in there and uh, 
Till next week. What's up, everyone? Anthony Heller here with Deer Vane, and this week's tip of the week has to deal around hunting the rut. So during the rut, it can happen any moment at any time, depending, uh, independent of the weather. If it's too windy, if it's too hot, if it's too cold, if it's snowy, if it's rainy, it doesn't matter. During the rut, all it takes is 10 seconds, and it can happen at any time. So Stick with it, grind it out. Don't get discouraged, even if you're, you know, mid-November and you're thinking everything's kind of going downhill, um, and and you missed your opportunity. Don't, because again, everything can happen. Everything can change in ten seconds, and um, really, it's about being in the right place at the right time. And if you just so happen to be on a hot doe, man, you're in the right place at the right time. And it, and if you're not, you're not. It's kind of one of the one of the awesome things, and and terrible things about the rut is when you're in it, you're in it. And when you're out of it, you're out of it. So, um, I always encourage people to stay a little bit more mobile, you know, go try different areas, go try different things because you know, if a, if a doe is hold up, a hot doe is hold up on five acres out of a 300 acre, you know, piece of public land, she's going to draw bucks from all over that 300 acres. They're going to come running and and I saw it the other weekend. We had one doe and five bucks in one area. Two shooters, two two bucks over 130 inches um, within 50 yards of this doe. And then two other bucks with her and then one other buck that came in later. Um, and those were bucks that, that came from all over this property. So finding that hot doe, sticking it out, grinding it out, staying mobile are my best tips for the rut. Don't give up. Don't worry about the weather. Don't worry about anything. Just get out there and be in the woods, especially time of day, man. It can all like, don't even, don't even worry about if you get out there late in the morning, doesn't matter. You can get out there at 8 AM, 10 AM, noon, one, three o'clock, whatever. It doesn't matter. It can all change in 10 seconds. All right. That's the tip of the week, guys. Hope it helps. All right, everybody. The, thanks for tuning in this week, Anthony. That's a great tip. If you guys haven't already subscribed to Anthony's podcast, uh, Dear Vane, please do so. Uh, he's putting out such quality content, interviewing great guests. So DearVane.com. He's got a great YouTube channel also. Uh, he's really firing on all cylinders over there. So we're happy to have him doing our tip of the week for us over here at Word Hunt. Um, you know, some announcements we'll have coming down the pike here. Uh, we'll get back on the, the bandwagon here with our giveaway for uh, the end of the year, which will be the end of December, uh, right before or after the new year. And um, right now we're just focused on getting it done and spending a lot of time in the woods. We've been out a ton, uh, just got off some PTO here. And so we'll be chipping away at uh, whatever remaining time I can get in over the weekends with Greg <clears throat> on public land. So that's been a big focus. Uh, next week we have Hunt Nation on for the, our guests of the week. Uh, they're all about getting hunters out to vote, which is pretty topical considering that tonight is election night. So we'll see where everything lands with that. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, keep your spirits high. Uh, obviously, this episode felt a little dreary in in 
the tonality of it just due to the fact that Greg and I have been hunting really hard and really trying to get it done. And we've had some good opportunities. We've had some good sightings, had some missed opportunities. Uh, obviously, he's got meat in the freezer and I've been seeing all the bucks and he hasn't. So, um, you know, we'll see where the season takes us here. And I'll be really thrilled to get out for the gun opener, uh, you know, spend some time with some some buddies that I haven't seen in a while, especially given the the uh, state of the union for the year with COVID and all that stuff. It'll be really good to just get that time together and have that camaraderie and <clears throat> make some more memories of field. It's something I'm very much so looking forward to. Hopefully everybody else is also. And um, trying to think if there's any other generic or announcements I have other than just uh, keep your chin up. Um, if you already got it, buck or tagged out. Congratulations. Good job. Don't forget, we do broadcast live every Tuesday night and uh, love your feedback. We saw a bunch of reviews and ratings coming through on iTunes uh, we hear from you guys on Instagram and Facebook. So you know, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, you know, that's that's all we got for now. So I'll, I'll leave everybody with <laughs> whatever this episode was. And we'll get hopefully back into some better routine here, uh, you know, in the coming weeks as, you know, we're just we're just spending so much time in the woods. So that's our focus. But I hope everybody has a great week, a great day, and uh, you know, on public. <laughs>